you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. January 20th, 2021 was an important day, for a lot of reasons. For one thing, the U.S. decided to dethrone a would-be dictator, Donald Trump. It was the inauguration ceremony for Joe Biden. We have a new president. I honestly can't express how happy I am to know that we aren't going to have four years of quote-unquote patriotic education under an extremist president like Donald Trump. But the ceremony stuck out to me for another reason. I haven't watched an inauguration ceremony, well, Ever, maybe. I got involved in politics for the very first time in my life during the 2014 primaries. After that, Trump got elected, and I wasn't that interested in watching. So sitting here watching it for the first time with Kylie, it was kind of a strange experience. I knew they put their hand on the Bible and take an oath and all that, but I didn't realize just how religious it really is. That kind of bothers me as an atheist. It seems to me like it should be a secular event, right? This is supposed to be a secular government. Why do we have religion all up in there? Nick Fish, the president of American Atheists, tweeted this out on Inauguration Day. Quote, It was refreshing to hear POTUS talk about the importance of facts and reason in our nation's policy discussions, and the calls for unity, while needed, unfortunately still presumed religiosity and excluded the third of Americans who are non-religious. No voice for non-religious Americans or explicit mention of the millions of us who don't find solace in prayer or have spent our lives being attacked and marginalized because of our lack of religion. Religion has been weaponized in this country and we need to acknowledge that. End quote. An interesting take and I agree with him. We are heavily underrepresented. I want to see progress toward a less religious state. That being said, the evangelical voting bloc is the thing that drives the Republican Party. It's the captain of the ship. I'm not happy about the fact that the inauguration ceremony is so full of religious symbolism. I'm just glad we don't have to worry about religious extremists steering the ship for everybody anymore. QAnon is disintegrating right now. They are not handling Trump's loss well, at all. But they've had like two months to come to terms with it by now, so I'm having trouble sympathizing. Honestly, it's kind of entertaining watching them lose their shit over everything. Entertaining and a little concerning. QAnon had these very specific beliefs that Trump was in the process of taking down the deep state. He was going to start mass arrests of his political opponents, which is going to be the signal that something called the storm was starting. After the arrests, the country was going to face civil war. It was all very in depth and complex, and the fact that Trump isn't president anymore means that everything they were told up to this point was a lie. I mean, Q made some very specific claims about other people before now, and those are proven to be false too. Stuff like, Hillary Clinton is in custody right now. That's a factual, provable claim, and it was proven false. They also bought into the whole Pizzagate thing. Pizzagate was a precursor to QAnon, but they kind of took it and put their own spin on it. This was one of the biggest mistakes Q made. They made factual, falsifiable claims. Every good cult leader knows you aren't supposed to make falsifiable claims. Like, the world is going to come to an end in 1914. That's falsifiable. Either it's going to come to an end or it isn't. So now that QAnon's claims have irrefutably been proven false, they're all falling to pieces. Here's a quote from BBC. Many reacted with shock and despair as Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th US president. I just want to throw up, said one in a popular chat on the Telegram messaging app. I'm so sick of all the disinformation and false hope. Others insisted the plan had not not failed, finding new theories to latch onto. For weeks, QAnon followers had been promoting January 20th as a day of reckoning. End quote. January 20th came along and nothing. Everything proceeded as those of us who live in reality expected it to, and they are not handling it well. Like I said, I feel for them, but this is entertaining as hell. 
What is it with extremist right-wing preachers claiming Trump is just like Abraham Lincoln? Does anybody actually believe that? Oh yeah, like 75 million people do. Right, forgot about that. Well, Robert Jeffress went on Lou Dobbs recently to reaffirm it. This was an interesting interview to me because Jeffress has taken some controversial positions lately. Not controversial relative to reality, controversial relative to Trumpists. Remember, he's been a Trumpist for the past four years, so it's actually a surprise to me to hear him say, we all need to get in line behind Biden and root him on. Hope for his success, because his success is our success. Or to hear him denounce the Capitol riots and the rioters, claim they aren't true Christians. Nice try, old buddy. They said they were Christians, that means they're Christians. Christianity is a self-assigned label, whether you like that or not. But I guess those two examples of him being even slightly rational didn't sit right with his followers. So he went on Dobbs to clarify his position. He and Dobbs got into a discussion about Trump's legacy, and Dobbs said this, quote, Trump's legacy will endure. Also enduring are the corrupt forces within our government who worked against him for more than four years. As I said, trying to destroy the man. Not just the president, but the man. It's the most vile, venomous assault ever conducted against a president in our country's history, short of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. This is a nation that can't heal, that can't come together until we understand the truth and the reality of what we've witnessed over the course of the past four years of this man's presidency. End quote. Okay, interesting. I've got a couple counterpoints to that. First, why Lincoln? Weren't there other assassinations after Lincoln? Did those just not matter? Why is everybody constantly trying to compare Trump to Lincoln? This blows my fucking mind. Second, the guy was the most vile, venomous person alive. He would attack people publicly for no fucking reason. Look at what he did to Ted Cruz. He insulted the guy's wife. He insulted people's looks and personalities all the time. He'd try to get people investigated by the police and arrested. Like Joe Scarborough. The poor dude had an assistant back in the 90s or 2000s, and the assistant was struggling with depression, and it finally came to a head. They lost the assistant, permanently, if you know what I mean. It was a hard time for people in that office. It was extremely sad. Trump got that little tidbit of information, and instead of having compassion for him, he tried to get Joe Scarborough investigated as the murderer. Are you fucking serious? Trump is a monster. I guess everybody has a redeeming quality. The dictator from Germany in the 40s liked dogs. I'm sure there's some redeeming quality about Trump. But it isn't enough. He is a sack of garbage from beginning to end, period. And my third counterpoint to Jeffress's sycophancy is that I don't think Trump's legacy will endure. There's absolutely no chance of it. The Republican Party is already trying to wash their hands of him. He's a monster, and everybody knows he is. There's nobody left to suck up to him. They have no reason to anymore. Why would anybody show respect for somebody who did so much damage, not only to the country, but to his own political party? Somebody who doesn't show respect to anybody else. Trump is owed no respect. Trump will probably inspire hatred and disgust to the end of his days. Everybody knows Nixon was a scumbag. What Trump did was way worse than Nixon. People aren't going to forget that, ever. If the Republican Party still respected him, there might be a conversation to be had here. But they don't, so there's not. There were so many preachers who came out and claimed that God told them that Trump would be president for four more years. What do these people do now? Biden has officially been inaugurated. How do you square that circle? Well, I have to say, it's been pure entertainment watching them try and fall flat on their faces. This is Hank Kuneman of One Voice Ministries. Give this a listen. Why is Hank Kuneman standing? Because God has spoken to me. And you want to call me false, and yet I have stood and I stand with God. I will stand with this loyalty whether you think I'm false or not. If that's what you think, then you can take your opinion and you can shove it. 
That's hilarious. You can take your opinion and you can shove it. I love it. Did he think this through at all? This is the equivalent of doomsday preachers making end times predictions. And then there's our best bud, Kat Kerr. She made a little prediction of her own. If you don't know who Kat Kerr is, let me give you a little background. She claims she speaks to God face to face every day. She's a prophetess. He uses her as a conduit to communicate with mankind today. She's made all kinds of really fucking bizarre claims. Not least of which is that Trump will be president for four more years. So saith God. Well, guess what? He's not. Biden is president now, and he's come in and basically undone everything Trump did over the past four years. What one president can do by executive action, another can undo by executive action. So what did Kat Kerr have to say for herself, faced with her own delusion? Give this a listen. There's so much activity going on. Things are already starting to crumble under the feet of those who think they have won. Wow. You need to wow. remember... When that's why God will tell me specific things. I know what he's saying because I see it. You see well, it happening. Yeah, something is happening major. And I want to encourage everybody right from the start. That doesn't mean that Biden won't have his fake inauguration tomorrow. But you have to understand it's not what's real. Biden can have his fake inauguration tomorrow, but that's not what's real. Interesting. Okay, why don't you tell us what's real then, Mrs. Everybody is constantly dancing in heaven? Mrs. God told me Trump would win in a landslide? If the entire world is crazy, except for you, maybe you should ask yourself if you're the crazy one. You remember Pastor Johnny Enlow, right? We've covered him a couple times before. In case you don't, he is a massive QAnon and Trump fan. He famously revealed a vision to the world where God brought him to a mountaintop where he saw Trump sitting on a motorcycle, revving the engine, wearing a red, white, and blue bandana, and God told him he was going to play the Trump card on the world. He said God told him it would be so world-changing how he uses Trump that will change the way we count dates from B.C. and A.D., before Christ and after death, to B.T and AT, before Trump and after Trump. Well, he's back in the news. I made this video after inauguration, but this is referencing a clip released by Johnny Enlow only a few days before inauguration. We've just had so many nutbags recently, it's hard to keep up. So Johnny Enlow was on this guy's channel recently, Steve Schultz. The channel is called Elijah Streams or something. He's had Kat Kerr on a few times too. So Johnny Enlow goes on this guy's channel, and I shit you not, told us that God told him Trump was going to be president for four more years by communicating it through the scores in a football game. The game score between Alabama and Ohio was 52 to 24. If you flip the score around and circle the two numbers in the center, you get 45. That's the number of presidents we've had. It must mean something, right? These people are beyond delusional. We have always had delusional nutbags in our midst. That's not really surprising. But Trump enabled and encouraged the spread. This is seriously concerning. If you're looking at this kind of thing and you aren't worried about where we are as a country, then I worry about you. But I'll be damned if it isn't entertaining. Before we take a look at all that, let's listen to some voicemails. Don't forget, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is one 800 701 8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hey, Owen. This is Tyler from Tooele, Utah. Um, I just I needed to call you because, you know, I have lost all of my friends from my skepticism. I've driven every single person that I know away from my devotion to being rational. And I just wanted to know if you think that that's something that's acceptable. 
I guess it would depend. There is such a thing as being too zealous about your beliefs, obviously. We all know that after having left the, the, the cults that we came from. There is such a thing as being too zealous. Some people carry that out with them when they leave. That's true. You want to try not to cram it down people's throats, obviously. That being said, cults, especially the LDS cult, Mormonism, train their people to shun non-believers or train their people to be very standoffish with people who don't believe the same way that they do. I mean, it's not quite as intense as Jehovah's Witnesses who direct people not to make friendships outside of their religion. And it's not mandated from the top down in the same way that Jehovah's Witnesses do it. But it is still a problem. They're not one of us. So if you express to somebody the fact that you don't believe the same way that they do, I can see that being a problem in their minds. In your situation, I don't know your personal life, so I don't know where the hang-up was. I don't know if it was you, your friends kind of excommunicating you or not really talking to you anymore because you left, or if it was an overzealous attitude, or what. But generally speaking, in my everyday life personally, I try to be very non-confrontational with the people around me because it keeps their guard down. If their guard is down, they're still open to conversation. And if they're still open to conversation, there's a chance, however slim it may be, that you might be able to pull them out of the religion. So for the most part, I try to keep people from freaking out or hearing about my belief system in my everyday life because I want to try to take the opportunity to pull them out if I can. Either way, you shouldn't blame yourself for the past in any way. Just move forward from here. I wouldn't beat yourself up over it. What happened in the past is in the past. And at that time, you were doing what you believed to be the right thing. Now we know when I went door to door and, and tried to push magazines on people, that was the wrong thing. We know that now. But everybody is a hero of their own stories. Everybody believes they're doing the right thing in that moment, or they wouldn't be doing it, for the most part, aside from people with psychopathy or sociopathy or, or whatever. So don't beat yourself up over that. Just move forward from here and do the best you can with the knowledge that you have. Now, as far as your friend goes, I would recommend trying to come into it in a non-confrontational way and make them feel like you're open to hearing them out. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that opens the door back up. 
despite knowing what your beliefs are. So maybe give it a shot, and who knows, maybe they'll change their mind. Hey, this is Heather. I'm most sorry about my last calls. All I wanted to know was, you know, how you feel about Tool and their alchemistic lyrics and everything. Um, sorry, man. Like, I'm drunk, and I've been trying to articulate what I think, and it's just not working. And I want you to know I respect you for a lot, and thank you so much for everything you do. I appreciate that. That's actually really nice. Um, we do have the previous call, so let's give that a listen. Hey, Owen. This is Tyler from Tooele, Utah. Um, I had one question for you really quick. I don't expect a video or even a response from this, but I just wanted to ask, as a fan of Tool, um, do you find it harder to listen to them and to find meanings in their lyrics and stuff as a skeptic? Because, you know, as a skeptic myself, I have, you know, it's been really difficult for me to take a Tool song and find the same meaning that I do. Night and day difference between those two messages. I, I appreciate both messages, and I find the question really fascinating. I've actually talked about that on my channel before. It is my most disliked video of all time, or damn near it. It has a really bad ratio on it. I talked about Tool and their new album, Fear Inoculum, and the fact that they are really, really religious in, in many ways, or spiritual. I don't really have a problem with the spirituality aspect so much, but it is kind of cringy hearing them talk about religion or spirituality and, and act as though they know more than everybody else. That drives me up a fucking wall. I hear that from cult leaders constantly. Like, they have this special insight into spirituality that no one else has, and you have to come to them to get it. Now, Tool isn't really projecting the idea that you have to come to them to get it, but they are definitely projecting the idea that they have some special insight into spirituality, and their listeners also have that link, that, that special knowledge that no one else has about spirituality. It drives me fucking crazy. And honestly, that's the foundation of a cult. I don't believe that Tool has formed a cult below them, but if they wanted to, they could. Because it's built on the same foundations that a lot of cults are built on. I don't think that the singer Maynard James Keenan or any of the band members have an interest in being cult leaders or anything. But a lot of the fans are beyond standard music listeners. It's almost like Tool fans tend to have a certain way of recognizing each other. That being said, I'm a huge Tool fan. I fucking love Tool. It's my favorite band by far of all time. And, I, and I'll always be a huge Tool fan. But seeing some of this shit does make me cringe. When we come back, we're going to talk about how QAnon is reacting to Biden's inauguration. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media. Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. 
So the first article I wanted to take a look at is on BBC.com. And the title is Biden Inauguration Leaves QAnon Believers in Disarray. This is actually really, really interesting. I wondered what was going to happen to QAnon after their last predictions failed to come true. I've been getting a lot of questions about people like Kat Kerr and Greg Locke and, you know, all of those other pastors who made predictions, some of whom said, God told me that, pre- that Trump was going to be president for the next four years. I've had a lot of people asking, what are they saying now? And we are going to cover that a little bit later, so keep a lookout for it. But QAnon specifically had claims about this civil war that was going to take place, and it was called the Storm. And Trump knew that when he was in office, and he would make little winks and little nods to the people listening, little nods to the QAnon people by mentioning the storm. Every now and then, out of context, he'd just say, storm's coming or something like that. And it kept these people fueled. It kept them going. The idea is that Trump was going to basically mass arrest a bunch of people, a bunch of his political opponents, and that was going to signal the beginning of this war and all this other junk. And none of that is possible if Trump isn't president, obviously. So the fact that Biden was inaugurated shattered their hopes and dreams. And I find it fascinating to watch what happens to a cult after they've been proven wrong without a shadow of a doubt. So I figured we'd give this article a read and see what it said. Followers of the baseless QAnon conspiracy theory are divided after Joe Biden's inauguration confounded their predictions that Donald Trump would remain president in order to punish his enemies in the deep state, quote unquote. Many reacted with shock and despair as Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th U.S. president. I just want to throw up, said one in a popular chat on Telegram messaging app. I'm so sick of all the disinformation and false hope. find it fascinating that they used the word disinformation. I mean, misinformation, disinformation, those, those words specifically refer to a propaganda technique. Disinformation is this propaganda technique where you spread as much false information as you possibly can. It's kind of a linchpin to the big lie propaganda or to firehose propaganda. Disinformation is the linchpin to it. Others insisted the plan had not failed, finding new theories to latch onto. For weeks, QAnon followers had been promoting January 20th as a day of reckoning when prominent Democrats and other elite satanic would be arrested and executed on the orders of President Trump. But as Mr. Biden took his oath and no arrests were made, some in the QAnon community had an uncomfortable meeting with reality. There was actually a conspiracy theory that Biden was going to be arrested at the inauguration. All the way up to the last second, they wanted to believe that Trump was in control. And how fantastical would it be if Biden was arrested by Trump or by some, you know, general or something at the inauguration, they would have gone completely fucking nuts. When that didn't happen, they fell apart. Let's keep reading. 
In the hours that followed, thousands more made similar comments on platforms like Gab, Telegram, and other online forums where believers go to discuss the conspiracy after being kicked off mainstream social media in the wake of the Capitol riots. This is something else I find interesting. Um, Many QAnon accounts were kicked off of Twitter, right? And they started saying, what are we going to do now? How do we communicate with each other? We're going to have to go back to, like, radio. And it's like, people, do you understand that Twitter isn't the literally the only way to communicate online? Did they not consider email before radio? Why did they go all the way back to ham radio? They didn't consider email they didn't consider IRC or private Discord servers. And maybe Discord kicked them off too. That's possible. But there are decentralized servers like Discord that have a similar service to Discord that you can get. There's all kinds of shit you could use. They're not allowed to spread violent propaganda anymore on Twitter specifically. That's it. That is the only line that they've been given. And they're, they're disintegrating now, saying they can't even, they're going to have to go back to radio. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Anyway, let's keep reading. Doubt even seeped into posts by some of the biggest influencers of the movement as some started to question the phrase, trust the plan, a key QAnon slogan that has been used by Q, an anonymous figure whom followers believe to be an influential government insider. Quote, this is a very difficult day for all of us, said one influencer whose Twitter account with 200,000 followers was recently suspended. Holy shit. Today's inauguration makes no sense to the Christian patriots, and we thought the plan was the way we would take this country back. Oh my god, this is glorious, dude. Look, I know these people's souls are crushed right now, but after what these people did, and, and after the horrific, genuinely horrific and scary things that they said, I am drinking their tears up right now. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for people who are in favor of, like, violent action against liberals. Like, I literally, against anybody, period. I literally took the bumper stickers off my car because I don't want anybody to identify me as a liberal and come after me. That should tell you where we are as a society, seriously. Let's keep reading. One woman whose husband is a QAnon follower told the BBC that Inauguration Day had been the most disappointing of his life. I love it. I'm just eating this shit up. She's hopeful Wednesday's events may have shaken his faith in the conspiracy, but fears what comes next. I'm not a told-you-so kind of person and never seek to belittle or humiliate, she said, adding that his beliefs had put a strain on their marriage in recent months. The QAnon community risks fracturing, said another influencer on Gab, a right-wing social media platform, adding that real relation I'm sorry, real friendships might be irreparably damaged because people are so angry. A lot of extreme right-wing factions and more generally like kind of centrist right-wing factions from what I've seen are trying to pick up those broken QAnon factions. They're trying to bring them into their fold now that they've lost everything. Like, their whole belief system's been shattered and been proven to be false. So Alex Jones has started talking shit about QAnon a little bit, but he's trying to bring those people in. He's trying to convince them that he's got the correct information. He wants to bring them 
under his wing. Kind of fucking disgusting if you ask me. The widely accepted belief within the movement was that at some point before Joe Biden stepped on the stage to take the presidential oath, members of the military, on the orders of Mr. Trump, would intervene to arrest Mr. Biden and his wife, along with Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Barack and Michelle Obama, Hillary and Bill Clinton, George and Laura Bush, and other members of the deep state. Yeah, they're, they're not partisan. They, they wanted George and Laura Bush taken out, too. And, of course, at the Capitol riot, you could see they hung up a gallow. Is that what it's called? A gallow? They hung up gallows with, like, you know, the rope and everything hanging from the top, and they were calling for Mike Pence. Holy shit. That's fucking scary. Seriously, that is scary. This is a quote from Gab. An anonymous person. I will continue speaking truth. I have not given up. I still have faith. I still know that God wins. Some influential accounts told followers to keep the faith and not give up so easily. One popular Telegram channel reassured its 130,000 subscribers that Mr. Trump and the Q team were still in control behind the scenes, and the evil deeds of the deep state would be exposed over the next four years. Some doubled down, criticizing those who, in their view, had rushed to judgment. One claimed Mr. Biden was running his administration as an inmate inside a military compound, but he doesn't know it yet. There's another Q conspiracy I heard that uh, Joe Biden is JFK. Joe Biden is John F. Kennedy. They're about the same age, right? Joe Biden is 26 years younger than John F. Kennedy was. He was born 26 years later. So no, they're not kind of the same age. But they claimed that he had, like, surgery on his face or he was wearing a mask or whatever other nonsense. These people are detached from reality. Seriously, they are detached from reality. Let's keep reading. Later in the day, Ron Watkins, one of the most influential figures in the QAnon community, called on his followers to move on to the surprise of many observers. The son of Jim Watkins, the man behind 8chan and 8kun, message boards filled with extreme language and views, violence, and extreme content on which Q posts. The younger Watkins has been one of the main purveyors of election conspiracies and played a vital role in encouraging some QAnon supporters to gather in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. These people are not stewed. These people are completely detached from reality, and we're going to have to find something to do with these people like we have to find a solution to what's happening right now uh actually hang on let me switch screens real quick i want to pull something up oh shit okay all right okay hold up let me share my screen here i gotta share my screen okay so i was about to show you guys the donald dot win okay you guys probably know what the donald dot win is if you don't know what that is the donald dot win is it's basically trump's subreddit it used to be trump's subreddit a long time ago it was r slash the donald and then it pretty much got banned by reddit so they moved to their own main server like they set up their own software it was their own website and everything and it turned into a full-blown extremist meeting place where they literally talked about planning violence publicly it was serious shit. And the FBI started visiting, you know, some of the people who were saying some of the most grotesque things on there. I've been basically archiving 
some of the conversations that take place on the Donald and watching it and seeing how things play out. So I was going to pull it up to show you guys, but going to the Donald.win just now, we have a little message. And I'm not sure what this message says yet, because I had no idea this was the case, but let's give it a read together. What happened to the Donald.win? Since July 2019, I have personally owned the Donald.win domain. Once it seemed likely the subreddit would be banned, this domain was used by the mod team for a new community site. My role was domain owner and mod team member. The moderation team, user rules, site code, and databases are controlled by two other team members. My hope was always that the domain and site assets would be put under a corporation, but that did not progress. Ooh, that's not good. I bet there are in all kinds of tax liability problems now for not setting it up as a company. Following the events of January 6, 2021, it became clear media and law enforcement were attempting to dox and interview the domain owner, me, regarding the site and user content. Unfortunately, the mod team had been struggling for some time to address a flood of racist and violent content that appeared to be coming primarily from a small group of extremists who were often brigading from other sites. This had led to warnings from Epic, domain registrar, and inquiries from the FBI. Now he's going to pretend that he had nothing to do with it, and the Donald.win was a perfectly safe and nice place, and it was just a couple of guys, they're troublemakers, just coming around and causing problems. Yeah, that's the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard in my life, and I have the archives to prove it, and we will go through those archives later. Let's keep reading. Since mods are not permitted to speak with media, and I wanted to proactively get ahead of it as the domain owner, I chose to leave the Donald.win moderation team to focus on defending myself, protecting my family, and providing proper context to what was happening on the Donald.win. No context needed! We know the context! There were genuine extremists on there planning genuinely violent action, period. There's nothing else we need to know outside of that. Despite my assurances they could continue to use the domain, the controlling mods moved the community to a new site without notification. The first post on Patriots.win unnecessarily and without provocation made my family a target of a childish harassment campaign. Uh-oh. As I told many, I have no axe to grind. The moderation team is filled with America-loving patriots who volunteer to provide like-minded individuals a place to discuss issues that are heavily centered on almost all other social media platforms. Interesting. The uh, so patriot.win is what it is. Oh, patriot.win is not a website. It, it doesn't exist. I, I mean, I did spell it right, didn't I? Patriot.win? Is that down too? What the fuck is going on with this? This is fucking mind-blowing. I'm trying to find where I was. Okay, patriots.win. Patriots.win. Okay, that's my mistake. Let me try typing it again. Here we go. Okay, wow. It's got like all of the Donald code and everything. Fascinating. Moving on from the rebranding. Okay, well, there's our answer. Let me finish reading some of this, though. The moderation team is filled with America-loving patriots who volunteer to provide like-minded individuals a place to discuss issues that are heavily censored on almost all other social media platforms. What is next for the Donald.win? Eventually, the Donald.win domain will morph into a new site at America.win. So they're just ditching the Donald.win. Interesting. Okay. Well, anyways, what I wanted to get to was... Looking at the Donald.win. I guess it's Patriots.win now. Sunday Gunday, suitcase full of freedom. Oh my god, dude. Instead of illegal ballots. I'm sure you can guess what's you know what they're talking about here. Basically everything on here is a lie, a distortion, 
or incorrect in some way, shape, or form. Moving on from the rebranding, let's see what kind of drama they're stirring up here. We're moving on from the rebranding situation. We don't want to leave all three posts sticky, but feel that they are still important, so this thread will highlight them all. Today's a big day. After five years, the Donald has rebranded to Patriots.win. The first reason goes without saying. We're in a period of transition with yesterday's fraudulent inauguration. Oh my god, dude. They're so delusional. They are so fucking delusional. It will likely be some time before Trump gets back to actively communicating with his base, but we'll do what we can to help our part of this movement as active as ever. We're not turning against Trump, not at all. Our branding and our rules will remain the same for the immediate future. If Trump moves forward with the rumored Patriots party, then we're perfectly positioned to fully support him in that endeavor. It is our duty to step up and call out the disaster that is that this administration will be. This rebrand does not indicate a change in moderation policy. Help Patriots find their lost home. Unfortunately, the old domain got redirected to Gab and then to localhost in response to our rebranding. The good news is that we've retained at least 75% of our traffic, but it's still incredibly important to share the site with family and friends and on any other social media platforms that you're a part of. We don't expect to get the old domain back, but we're moving on past this situation as this negativity helps no one. Why didn't they just transfer the domain name to somebody else? I don't get it. I guess there was some serious drama going on between everybody. This is insane, dude. These people are so disconnected from reality. I find it endlessly fascinating to read through this website. And before they closed and changed their stuff around, I did archive a bunch of shit. I saved a bunch of pages from before the January 6th attack, during the attack, and then after the attack, and after the inauguration. So I'm going to hopefully be going through some of those archived websites over the next few weeks, and we'll get to look at the mindset of these people change from rabid, completely psychotic, and disconnected from reality in every way to depressed and downtrodden and, and afraid that the FBI was visiting their, their doors to just closing everything down because Trump lost and Biden is now the president. The transition between those mindsets for these people is an extremely interesting story to follow. So stay tuned and eventually I will be covering all of it. Let's take a look at Super Chats. Hung like Jesus. Good job, man. Really appreciate you and your and your efforts, I think. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad you're here. Zolfner, I'm a busy person, but I'm listening. Also, Owen, I feel like you don't look at both sides. You put up with me, but do you actually know my views and ideas, and have you considered them? I don't actually know your views and ideas because I feel like half the time I don't know if you're trolling or if those are genuine. Like earlier on Twitter, you said all of your Daddy Trump stuff is a joke. I don't know what's a joke and what's not a joke. There's some rhetoric that I dismiss out of hand because it's clearly propagandistic and only being used to evoke anger or sadness in some form. If it's propaganda, I'm just going to toss it out. There's no point in me examining it any further. If you have an honest, good faith opinion on something that's based in fact, I will listen and take your ideas seriously and think about it. But I have to tell you, I've already, you know, gone through a lot of this stuff. Like, I've, I've already... I've 
taken economics classes and studied the best economics methods, the best ways to pull a country out of recession, the best ways to build jobs, the best ways to build an economy, how the stock market affects people who make under a certain amount, that kind of thing. I understand economics and trickle-down economics is just bullshit. Just complete bullshit. So if anybody comes at me telling me they want to give tax breaks to the wealthy in this environment in the United States today, I'm dismissing that shit. That's outrageous. There's no reason to give tax breaks to the wealthy. It's just propaganda. That is it. So anyway, if you have some genuine ideas that are in good faith and not propaganda, I will consider them. Uh, I literally got assaulted by liberals in Hollywood. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't want anybody getting assaulted, but people get assaulted by Trump supporters too. This is not one-sided. I don't believe in violence in any form. Nobody should be assaulting anybody. Eastern Flower, make me a latte with an extra shot of Trump or tears. I am so fucking down. Lisa for truth, who is Q? Nobody really knows. People have speculated that it may be the person who created 8chan. If it's not that person, then they know who Q is because that information is available to them on the back end of 8chan because that's where Q originally posted, their very first post. So um, if it's not the owner of 8chan then or the creator, then they know who it is. On the DL, supposedly, this is just a rumor, nothing verified about it, so take it with a grain of salt. Supposedly, the Q account was for sale for a million dollars not long ago, uh, a few months ago. I think right before the election or right after the election. And that has kept me up at night wondering what I would do with that account. Like, if I got my hands on that account, of course, before... Q's credibility was shot to shit. What would I do with that access to deprogram the maximum number of QAnon supporters? I still think about that, and, I, and I've considered making a full video on it. Maybe one of these days I will. Zolfner, I'm going to put you off, but how do you feel about how Daddy Trump is the most influential president in history and maybe the only person that can destroy the two-party system? I think he was pretty influential in how awful he was. That's true. I don't know about the most influential. That's possible. It could be. And maybe the only person that can destroy the two-party system. I don't think the two-party system is going to be destroyed. There's no chance of that. He may have destroyed the Republican Party, but the Democrat Party is stronger than it's ever been right now. They all unified behind Biden, even Bernie supporters everybody they all stood in line behind him because trump was so bad so he didn't destroy the two-party system at best he destroyed the republican party the biggest of chungai do you think trump's cult will continue on without him will they stay with the republicans or they'll abandon the republicans for a more extreme party i think it largely depends i believe that the inner core of trump's cult will stick with Trump and abandon the Republican Party. The most extreme of the most extreme will stick with Trump no matter what, and they won't vote again. They will not vote again. Or it'll be a really, really long time before they vote. They're, the Republican Party is going to have to work hard for those people. If Trump creates the Patriot Party like he claimed that he was going to, the Republican Party is straight fucked. They are already barely teetering on the edge of winning elections. They haven't won a general election uh, popular vote in, I don't even know 
How long has it been since the Republican Party won the popular vote in a general election? Trump lost it against Hillary. I think George Bush lost it, too, against Al Gore. Just barely won the Electoral College, but lost the popular vote against Al Gore. When's the last time Republican president won the popular vote? It, it's been decades. They're already in bad shape. They are already the minority in this country, Republicans are. They are already largely hated by most of the population. The only reason that Republicans maintain power is because we have a republic set up, a democratic republic, that gives disproportionate amounts of power to rural areas like North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, all those other places, middle and nowhere places. It's the only reason they have any power at all. So Trump coming along and picking off, what, 6% maybe? 6 to 10% of their voting base? That's bad for the Republicans. That is bad. And the Republicans are going to have to move right as much as possible to win those people over again. By moving right, they are destroying any chance that they may have of winning independents or moderate Democrats. There's no chance that they're going to win those votes if they move further right. So Trump really put the Republican Party in a tough position recently. They're in bad shape now, which ultimately is a really good sign. I'm really glad to see it. Lecky is cool. Liberty Hangout is saying they're using Biden as a devout Catholic to pervert Christianity. Wow, dude. Liberty Hangout. Isn't that um, Gun Girl? That's Gun Girl's thing, isn't it? Uh, that chick who took like those prom pictures with the gun and stuff and then did some other embarrassing stuff, if I remember correctly. Fascinating. That doesn't surprise me. As far as I can remember, I believe that Gun Girl was caught in like some private chats, some DMs, saying literal Nazi stuff. Like she literally hates Jewish people and, and black people and a bunch of other groups like that. She is a Nazi masquerading as a Republican, from my understanding. So that doesn't surprise me. Basically, nothing she says or does surprises me at all. Caitlin Bennett. That's it. Caitlin Bennett. Thank you. I saw your comment there in, in the YouTube chat. We've got a problem in the U.S. No joke. We've got a problem. We're going to have to resolve this shit. I hope Trump gets impeached because I, I really don't want him running for office again. Any office. He's a fucking monster. Seriously. He's a monster. When we come back, we're going to talk about a QAnon nutbag claiming that Trump has to be president because he divined it from a football game score. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I wanted to take a look at is titled Dominionist Pastor. God will split history into before Trump and after Trump. This is by Megan H. on the Friendly Atheist website. And this is actually written December 5th, 2019. It's a little bit of an older article, but there's another article we're going to get to in a second that's newer. And I'll explain why we're looking at this one first in just a minute. Let's read the article. There's B.C. and A.D. There's B.C.E. and C.E., but Pastor Johnny Enlow would like you to know we will soon be using the terms BT and AT. 
That's before Trump and after Trump. Enlo is an advocate for Seven Mountains Dominionism, the belief that Christians must control several specific areas of life, including education and government. Ted Cruz's father is also a Seven Mountains enthusiast. He said during a recent webinar that God was using Trump as a hinge between two eras of our history. So let's watch this clip of Pastor Johnny Enlow, Pastor Johnny Enlow, talking about before Trump and after Trump. So this is a webinar. I'm guessing that means that people had to pay for this shit. I was asking the Lord about it. He hadn't told me. I was like, Lord, you still haven't showed me. And then right when I'm saying that, I have this, oh, it's not an open vision, but it was a vision. And Wait, what's an open vision? And what's the difference between an open vision and a normal vision? Is this like some kind of Christian speak, like Christianese, as they say, that I, I'm unaware of? I didn't know there was a difference between the two. The vision, I see this circular mountain that goes up, and there's a path all the way up. And at the top is Donald Trump, and he's on a motorcycle. And... Donald Trump's on a motorcycle. What the fuck? Has the dude ever been on a motorcycle in his life? Does he even know how to ride one? Why Why are they picturing Donald Trump on a motorcycle? I'll tell you why. It's because motorcycles are imagery used in badassery. It's imagery used to depict somebody as really strong and powerful and alpha. And that's how this guy views Trump. That's how he thinks of Trump. So he put him in the most badass, alpha, strongman position that he could. Another good example of a, a strongman position, if you will, is the, the traditional dictator balcony scene. I don't know if you guys have seen this before, but a lot of there's pretty much a balcony shot for every dictator that's ever lived. There is some shot of a dictator standing up there at a balcony waving to the people as a strongman. And Donald Trump actually did that after getting back from the hospital after getting over COVID. He knew the cameras were watching. He walked up the, the steps of the White House under his own power. And everyone was wondering, is he going to like go in in a wheelchair? Is he going to be able to walk himself? Walks up the steps, stands there and waves at the cameras, a strongman balcony scene. That's why this guy is talking about Trump on a motorcycle. It's a strongman scene. He's on, on a motorcycle, and he's making a lot of noise with it. And he has red, white, and blue bandana on his, on his head. And so in an instant, it wasn't hard for me to figure out what was being said. It's the only time I've ever, while seeing a vision... Again, the guy is depicting Trump as a, as a strong man. He's sitting on a motorcycle, this thing that's considered badass, and he's wearing a red, white, and blue bandana. Bandana is another symbol of badassery in conservatives' minds, you know, strong man type of imagery. And he's revving the motorcycle. It's all strong man dictator type of imagery. And one more thing, I apologize that the video is so choppy. Um, it... It was uploaded choppy originally. This was from a webinar by Pastor Johnny Enlow and his wife. Um, presumably people paid for this, but they didn't really get much for their money considering how choppy it is. So forgive the choppiness. Just work through it if you can. I actually talked out loud and I go, oh, no, because I was like, this means this is not going to be a peaceful exchange. This is not a peaceful transition we're going into. This is, is something more and then I was brought in real close to the motorcycle, and it was triumph, which is further confirmation. And so I was like, Lord, as I'm saying that, the first thing he said is, 
He is going to save you from things you don't know you need to be saved from yet. And then the Lord progressively began to speak regarding that. And he said, this time in the presidency is going to be a hinge of the ages. And you be known as before Trump and after Trump because of the way I'm going to use him. So he's, he's literally saying that Trump is such an important figure in, in history, in Christian history, that we're going to refer to him as a time period. Just like with Jesus, B.C. and A.D. So he's literally writing Trump in as like another Messiah, basically, is what he's saying. I mean, that's how he's depicting Trump in this vision. That's what he's telling his congregants, his webinar viewers. That's what he's telling them. Trump is damn close to what Jesus was. Before Trump and after Trump, because of the way I'm going to use him. I'm using him as a Trump card, but I'm the Trump card player. And so your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. And he said the nations will be known as before Trump, after Trump. I love it how these people like to slip in weird cryptic language to make it sound like it's from the Bible. Your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. The fuck does that mean? That is incorrect English. That is not how people speak. That is not what you say if you're trying to convey a point or convey the meaning behind something. Your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. What are you talking about? The only reason he slipped that in is to make it sound more like something you would find in the Bible. Because the Bible's nonsensical. He wanted to sound more like what you would find in the Bible and make it more credible. And guess what? He, he accomplished his goal. He's pretty fucking nonsensical to me, just like the Bible. Known as before Trump, after Trump. And the Lord, it was like, he's like I'm really not interested in your all's vote this time. I'm doing it. I'm not really interested in your all's vote this time. I'm doing it. That's interesting. So this was um, about a year ago or so, a year to 18 months I think it was right when people started doing the the campaigns basically. I think this was this video probably came out in August or September of 2019, right when campaigns were starting to rev up. God is saying, "I don't care about your votes. I'm I am making the results what I want the results to be." That's what God told this pastor this pastor believes that God set the votes to be what he wanted them to be. So no matter what, that means Trump is going to win if that's what God wants, right? What if Biden wins? Does that mean that God wanted Biden to win? Give you all that option. This time I'm not. This is a rescue operation from heaven. This is this is a, a, a moment of the ages. This will go down. This time period will go down as a before and after AD, you know, a, a, but BC, AD, depending on what terminology you use now. How do we deal with this type of delusion? How do we deal with this type of delusion? These people are detached from reality. I don't know what to do about these people. But it doesn't end there. There is more to this. There's another article just came out about this guy. This is by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website. This was this article is from January 16th. The clip is pretty new. I'm not sure exactly when the clip came out. Um, 
So the the clip came out one week ago, it looks like, uh, on Right Wing Watch's website, where it originated. So let's give this article a read and see what it has to say. Pastor Johnny Enloe, who once said our nation's future would involve the terms BT and AT before Trump and after Trump, that QAnon was going to be proven so thoroughly and who claimed with no evidence that Donald Trump actually received 88 million votes, which he did not, is still spreading conspiracy theories. This time, he's pointing to the results of the college football playoff national championship as proof God wants Trump to stay in power. Let's actually watch the video before reading the rest of the article and see what this nutbag had to say. So Monday, the national championship game is playing, and it's again Alabama Crimson Tide against the Ohio State Buckeyes. I told Elizabeth as the game begins, I said, I'm expecting the Crimson Tide to win this, and I'm expecting there to be a 45 in there because the 45 would refer to President Trump. The Why? Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, hold the phone. Why? Where is all of this coming from? I understand that Trump was the 45th president of the United States. What does that have to do with a football game? Seriously, what does that have to do with football? What does that have to do with Ohio State or Alabama? Or whatever. I'm missing the connection here. Connect me to football and Donald Trump. Make that connection for me because I'm not seeing it. Fifth president. And also, again, back to the numbers. Isaiah 45 was about Cyrus. And there was the Cyrus anointing that has been on President Trump that he is not finished at all. He would not. We could not consider him having had the Cyrus anointing if he were done now. Oh, that's fascinating. So remember, this is before inauguration. Biden was not president yet. He was president-elect, technically. So they've linked this special Bible verse. What was it? Isaiah 45, I think, to Trump because he was the 45th president of the United States. And they're claiming that Trump was anointed as some special figure as described in Isaiah 45. And if he isn't president after January 20th, then that means he wasn't this special figure, right? That's what that means. Keep that in mind as we finish this. He's just now called to get into the really serious part mm -hmm. of the Cyrus. Look at this fucking asshole just nodding along, agreeing with everything he hears. I love it, dude. Anointing. And so the game uh, finished, and it was a landslide. It was a landslide for the Crimson Tide, and they won it. And and that was that was exciting uh, all on its own. But I was even looking. I said, Lord, you said 45. It was 52 to 24. Hey, there's no 45 in there. Right. So case closed. We're done. I guess that means Trump isn't actually Cyrus and wasn't anointed as some special fucking figure. And that Bible verse never applied to him. And he's not going to be president for the next four years and all that. Right. Is that what I'm picking up here? Because he said that this football game was so significant and somehow linked it to Trump. He said that there was going to be a 45 somewhere in there to prove that it was linked to Trump. And guess what? There's no 45 in the game, right? There was no 45. It was 52 to 24, right? But what was amazing, I looked on the screen and they, they listed Ohio State score first and then they listed... The, the score of Alabama Crimson Tide. And then actually when I looked in the morning on, I think ESPN, they did it the same way. Seems unusual. Usually you put the team with the higher score first and the other score afterwards. 
but the way that looks and the way it came out, I'll put this up right now. Oh, he brought paper with him. It was a... I love it. He brought paper with him. He drew it out for us. It's like a diagram so that we can understand. 24-52. I guess Ohio got the 24, I think. Ohio got 24 and Alabama got 52. And side by side, even though it's reversed, usually the higher score goes first. He circled the four and the five in the center. Is there any shred of their mind left in reality anymore? Or or have they just completely checked out? Like, are they just in la-la land now? I don't know, dude. These people are so fucking strange. Let's keep listening. 24. Can you see that okay, Steve? Yeah, you see that. I see that. 24. Wow, he says. You listening to this, dude? Two, and then right in the middle of that is kind of covert a 45. So it's a 45 with a two on either side. And I went, oh, I kind of went that even as I was watching it. There is wow. two terms. 45 was not put in there for one term. He was put in there for two terms. It's a confirmation on either side. There's a two on either side. What 22 means as well. We won't, you know, we don't, we don't want to dizzy people with numbers. But the f- don't want to dizzy people with numbers. Listen to this guy. Listen to this dude. He's serious. He's dead fucking serious right now. 45 was there right in the middle. And so that was another confirmation. The Lord saying, I'm putting Trump in a second term. And it's not later. It's back to back. It's right now. It's part of the crimson tide that's coming in. Part of the crimson tide that's coming in. I honestly don't understand how all of this is connected to football still like that connection never like linked up in my mind or for some reason i don't know why is this connected to football why is this connected to alabama state this is fucking bizarre let's take a look at the article this is a quote from the video we just watched he fully expected the final score to contain the number 45 to enlo the number 45 surrounded by two twos was a clear sign from god that trump is going to serve a second term it's a 45 with a two on either side enlo declared it's a confirmation on either side this is hemant meta speaking in case you're wondering host steve schultz didn't say anything to suggest enlo was crazy all that said if god really wanted trump to remain in office maybe he could have done a better job at getting the votes out in swing states instead of sending ambiguous messages via a college football game that occurred two months after the election. That's a pretty good point. I honestly truly do not understand. Like, what's the connection here? I don't understand the connection at all. Like, these people are so completely disconnected from reality at this point. Are they savable? Can we somehow find a way to reconnect them to reality i don't know but this guy is a pastor he's a pastor and a republican a die-hard republican he has a lot of influence i've watched his sermons before he's not a nobody the fact that he is not a nobody and pushing these conspiracy theories should be concerning to everybody i'll be damned if it's not hilarious though Let's take a look at Super Chats. Nervardia, our incels and online cult, and happy Sunday. 
Thank you. Happy Sunday to you too. And yes, they are. I haven't really gotten into incels too much, though I have talked about them on my channel once or twice. But yes, they definitely are a cult. Not, not always online either. Sometimes it's not just online, it's in person too. Pasty Cake, if your god is endorsing a politician, then that, my friend, is some taxable words. I agree, 100%. Um, that's definitely against the law. And you know what? I'm okay with you saying that. That's totally fine with me. As long as you pay taxes, it's totally good with me. Pasty Cake, I'm Antifa Washington, and we told each other and BLM to stay away from DC and that mess. The left are the crazy emotional ones, the right. These people are so unhinged from reality. We have a problem on our hands, and I don't know how to deal with it exactly yet. It's one day at a time, right? Eve Bunny, can't say I'm surprised that a coup of brainwashed nationalists happens when we have a school system that crams the Pledge of Allegiance down impressionable children's throats, unquestioned nationalist propaganda. 100% agree with you on that one. Why the fuck do we have people... Why, do the, why the fuck do we have kids saying the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Is that not, like, super fucking culty to anybody else? That's really fucking weird, it seems to me, that kids stand up every morning and say the Pledge. I never did as a Jehovah's Witness. I never said the Pledge. In fact, I have never said the Pledge, like, stood at a flag, and I don't even know what hand to use. I Is it your right hand over your left or is it your left hand over your right? I don't remember. I don't know. I hear one of them is an insult, a serious insult. If you put the wrong hand over, then it's like a disrespect to the flag. But I got to say, it can't be any worse than beating somebody with a flagpole, right? I mean, that happened at the riots at the Capitol recently. I, I can't say putting the wrong hand over your heart by mistake is worse than that. Jesus Christ. Anyway, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. Pasty cake. An omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, malevolent, all-powerful being and a bunch of evolved apes offer it insignificant gifts for favors. <laughs> right? Like blood sacrifices? How fucking weird is that? Right? Like when you really take a step back and, and take a good long look at the situation we're in, sometimes it's fucking weird, dude. Blood sacrifices. Killing animals at an altar to appease God. What the fuck? Dustin Bins. Hello, Owen. How are you tonight? Hope you're having a safe day. I am having a safe day, which is to say a day spent inside and not outside around people. So it's pretty safe. It's as safe as I can get. Uh, hope you're having a safe day also. On fire. Been asking other YouTubers this. Preparing to do my first few videos. What did you wish you knew before starting? And what advice would you have for newbies? What did I wish I knew before starting? Um, I wish I knew all of the little tricks to YouTube, which can all be learned by reading a book or reading blog articles about it or whatever. And when I say tricks, I mean, what is it important to do? Little tricks to get into the YouTube algorithm. Do thumbnails correctly, do titling correctly, do the descriptions and the tags, all of the metadata, very important how to structure a video with music and, you know, artwork and B-roll footage and all of that stuff. I wish I knew all those little tricks, which, like I said, you can learn that from any blog or book about it. And the one thing I would, the advice I'd give you for a newbie is schedule when the video is going to release and never miss that deadline. 
no matter what, because this is your job. I know that it's not generating money for you right now, but if you view it as your job, you'll take it more seriously and you won't miss a deadline. It's important. If you miss a deadline, then you're, you start to lose favor as a channel, basically. You have to continue releasing on a set schedule so that your subscribers know when to expect it and things like that. Do not stop no matter what. Zolfner, take off your top. You take off your top. Uh, let's see. Rainbow Anna. Hello from a rare Alabaman atheist. Love the work you do. That cannot be easy, but I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Actually, there's uh, somebody named Godless Engineer. He really cool guy. I know I'm, I'm friends with him. He's from Alabama too, I believe, or Mississippi, one of the two. I think it's Alabama. Stephen Loveday. I don't know if you've seen it, but Jesus Camp is a really good documentary. I have seen that actually. Jesus Camp. Yes, it was very, very good. It was super interesting. If you guys haven't seen that, you should watch it. They're not paying me to say that. Jesus Camp was a really, really good documentary. It's so crazy, dude. Seriously. When we come back, we're going to talk about delusional preachers comparing Trump to Lincoln. Still, give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media. Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I wanted to read is titled Lou Dobbs, Trump Faced a Venomous Assault Like No President Other Than Lincoln. This is by Hemant Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website, so let's give it a read and see what it says. During an interview yesterday with MAGA cultist and Trump sycophant Pastor Robert Jeffress, Fox Business Channel host Lou Dobbs claimed that no president has suffered the kind of assault Donald Trump has seen outside of Abraham Lincoln. Three other presidents have been assassinated. That's a really good point. Three other presidents have been assassinated. What the fuck is this guy thinking? I figured we'd pull up the clip and actually give it a watch and see what see what was actually said. Rhinos like Adam Genzinger, who asked you to repent for your support of President Trump, I, as the president is being, again, fraudulently impeached by the Dems, and there is not yes. even a whisper of dissent or opposition to that in the national left-wing media. Well, I have to say, I think the reason that there's no dissent or anything in the left-wing media or, or in the media at all, except for on Lou Dobbs' show, is because the guy inspired an insurrection against the U.S. Capitol. I think that's a pretty fucking fair reason to impeach the guy. And actually, a lot of Republicans agree with that. Lou Dobbs is an extremist. This guy that you see on screen right here, this guy is an extremist. And so is Robert Jeffress. They're both extremists. You would have to be to defend something like this. Let's hear Robert Jeffress's response to Dobbs's uh, point. Something we're going to see more and more over these next four years, and that's an attempt to shame people like you and me who strongly support this president into repenting of our support of him. Well, I'll guarantee you I'm not repenting of anything. Language. Did you hear him? A Christian man saying, dang, that's wrong. I can't believe it. If he can say dang, I can say dang, right? Can't every other can't every kid in the country say dang? If a Christian man is saying dang, it's going to be anarchy soon. I find it fascinating that this guy is telling us he has nothing to repent for. Nothing? 
like literally nothing? Well, I'll guarantee you I'm not repenting of anything. Anything. I guess he's basically like Jesus, right? He's pretty much perfect. Certainly not my support of this great president. I told USA Today this week that I had absolutely no regrets whatsoever. Okay, I just want to point this out. You guys probably know of this, but I've covered Jeffress a few times. So I want to point out that Jeffress went on Fox News. Um, I, actually, I think it was an op-ed on their website basically saying Trump lost the election. This is shortly after the election, too. This was like... The end of November, I think, he put out this op-ed, said, Trump lost, Biden won, we need to align behind President Biden because his success is our success. And I thought that was pretty honorable. The guy is a scumbag and a monster and horrific in too many ways, and I don't even need to get into it right now. But that is what we need. We need people on the Republican side telling people, that Trump lost and accepting Biden as the president because causing strife, political strife and agitation like this is bad for the country. It's harmful and damaging. And after the Capitol riots, this guy actually came out and said that the people who rioted were not true Christians. They were terrible. They were born of Satan. They're bad people. He denounces them, blah, blah, blah. In reality, there were a lot of Christians there, so he can play the no true Scotsman fallacy all he wants, but they were Christians, period. The fact that he was denouncing the act and the actors, though, that's a good sign. We need more of that in the country. But after denouncing the riot and after standing behind Biden, I guess he felt compelled to come on a show publicly and stand behind Trump because he was probably getting a lot of heat from his extreme right-wing congregation. No regrets whatsoever in supporting President Trump. And I told him this week that I believed he is the greatest president of my lifetime and he will go down as the most pro-life, pro-religious liberty president in American history and nothing anyone says is going to change that. Absolutely no chance. Trump's reputation is fucked at this point. There is no way to redeem it. He has fucked his reputation six ways to Sunday. There is no way for him to fix that after everything that he did. First of all, he was very, very controversial to begin with. So that was going to be in the history books anyways. Controversial figures usually have a descriptor for the good and a descriptor for the bad in the history books. Like Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of looked at as like kind of screwy people or whatever. And people usually list their good points and their bad points. It's easy to find each. Trump will, at the very least, be viewed as a controversial figure. And at, at the worst, what I believe is going to happen, once the Republican Party tries to wash their hands of Trump, no one's going to be left to defend him, except for a few extremists. And he will go down in the history books as exactly what he was. I don't think Trump has any chance of having a good reputation after this. Lou, he's leaving office next week with his legacy intact. And that's another important point. The fact that Jeffress is acknowledging that Trump is leaving office next week, or of course now it's after that, Biden is president, but he was acknowledging when this clip came out that Trump was leaving office, and that was extremely important because a lot of pastors were not. Earlier in the podcast, we looked at a lot of pastors who can't deal with the fact 
that they were wrong about this. Greg Luck, up to the day, claimed that Trump was going to be the one who was inaugurated. Kat Kerr, up to a couple of days before, refused to acknowledge that Biden was going to be the president. Lots of pastors were doing this and deceiving people and making this transition harder. It, it was always going to happen, but making it harder is only making people's lives worse. And it's an extraordinary legacy, all the more because of the efforts of the radical Dems, the deep states, from the, from the beginning almost of his candidacy for the office that they tried to deny him. His four years in office are remarkable in achievement, all the more so because of the naked, corrupt opposition of the radical left and the deep state. I love how he just rattles this shit off and gives no examples, gives no like evidence of any kind, nothing. He just says the deep state, which, by the way, in itself, that that term deep state sets me off. It's like a trigger for me because it, it, it automatically tells me what you're about to say is a conspiracy theory. I mean, I acknowledge that there are a lot of friends among people in high places and Money will get you places and stuff like that. That's obvious. But deep state, that term specifically, has turned into a dog whistle for like QAnon nutbags who are totally unhinged from reality. Well, that's right, Lou. And I remember so well about six months after he uh, became president, I remember sitting in the Oval Office and telling him, Mr. President, you have an axis of evil that is going to conspire to take you down. Not only the media and the Democrats, but the establishment Republicans. And that proved to be true. Establishment Republican. Okay, so uh, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments here, but Jeffress said that he told this to Trump at the very beginning of his term, right? Did I miss something? Establishment Republicans were never against Trump for like the first year, at least. They all agreed to give him a chance and a line behind him, all of them. And some of them, like Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham, stuck it out to the bitter end. Even after he tried to incite a, an insurrection, they stuck it out to the bitter end and stayed by his side and defended him, and to this day are saying we shouldn't be impeaching him for it. Like, even after he's out of office, what's the end game there? He is worthless at this point. Like, he's a normal citizen. He has no chance of pardoning anybody. He has no real political power anymore. I guess except for the fact that he's trying to start the Patriot Party. But aside from that, basically every single establishment Republican was behind Trump at least for his first year. So I'm not sure if Jeffress was trying to prime Trump to be in paranoia mode or if he was trying to make Trump feel like he was the only one that he could trust or what his plan was, but that's bullshit. Inspired together, but they couldn't stop his tremendous achievements in spite of, in spite of all of those headwinds. His enormous achievements? Like, what, what, what exactly did he achieve? I would love to know. What did he achieve? I mean, he wrote a few. He didn't. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. He didn't write any executive orders. Other people, like lawyers, people who know how to write executive orders, they wrote the executive orders for him. So Trump's giant fucking achievement was sitting in front of a piece of paper and signing his name to it. That's literally it. 
He would do anything it took to maintain and grow his political power. That's all he was interested in in the end. And I am grateful, eternally grateful, for what he has done for our nation. Even though he's leaving office for now, uh, his legacy will endure. I don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe his legacy is going to endure. I think he's going to be looked upon with disgust and hatred, truly, honestly. Like, I don't say that because I don't like the guy. I say that as a factual thing. I believe that usually cult leaders are looked upon with disgust and hatred. And that's what Trump is, in all seriousness. I believe that's how Trump is going to be viewed. Now, Dobbs, in this next section, has an impassioned plea, an impassioned speech to give to us. So let's see what he has to say. I guess he will endure. Also enduring are the corrupt forces within our government who worked against him for more than four years. Who? Trump had complete power to fire anybody he wanted. Is he talking about, like, elected officials? Like, like Nancy Pelosi or whatever? Like, Nancy Pelosi was not the Speaker of the House from 2016 to 2018. A Republican, Paul Ryan, was the Speaker of the House. The Republicans controlled the entire government from 2016 to 2018. The House the Senate, the presidency, the Supreme Court. Every branch of government was controlled by the Republicans for those two years. So I'm not sure what forces he's talking about were like conspiring for the entire four years to take him down. Like what forces inside the government? What is this dude talking about? Four years, as I said, uh, trying, to, uh, trying to destroy the man. Uh, not just the president, uh, but the man. Trying to destroy the president, not just the president, but the man. There were people out there who were doing really mean things to Trump. They were responding to Trump in mean ways on Twitter, right? I'll acknowledge that freely. But Trump had literally no limits to what he would do to people. No limits. I don't know if you guys know who Joe Scarborough is, but Joe Scarborough is a, a political analyst, a commentator on maybe MSNBC, I don't remember. Anyway, he's on some show with Mika Brzezinski, right? He's the Republican, she's the Democrat. It's kind of a, you know, fair and balanced type of thing. Anyway, Joe Scarborough in the 90s or the 2000s, if memory serves, he had this assistant at, like, this newsroom that he worked at. I'm probably getting this story wrong. If I am, somebody put the correct story in the comments for me. He had an assistant at this newsroom that he worked at, and things started going downhill for this assistant emotionally. They started struggling and having a hard time. They were dealing with depression. And as time goes on, things got worse and worse. And eventually the assistant ended it in the office. And it was this big traumatizing experience for Joe Scarborough and for the people at the office who worked with this person every day. They lost their friend, basically. They lost somebody that they worked with every single day of their lives. They ended it right there in the office. Imagine how difficult that would be. What do you think Trump did when he got that information? Did he keep his fucking mouth shut and respect the fact that Joe Scarborough and other people 
had to deal with this Trump, this traumatic experience of, you know, having this friend who ended their lives. Did Trump respect that and leave it be? No. He claimed Joe Scarborough was a murderer, and it was a murder, and tried to get Joe Scarborough investigated by the police. Imagine that shit. That is how low Trump will go. That's how low he'll go. There is literally no bottom to that pit. Trump is the lowest piece of shit alive. So telling me that people try to destroy not the president but the man, I, I don't want anybody to be destroyed. But I just can't help but see the irony in what's being said right now based on what type of a person Trump is. Let's keep listening. Destroy the man. Uh, not just the president, uh, but the man. It is the most vile, venomous assault ever conducted against a president. This coming from somebody defending Trump, this is coming from somebody who's defending Donald Trump, saying that people were vile and venomous to Trump. Trump was the most vile, venomous person in the highest position in the world. And he was destroying people's lives with a tweet. Destroying people's lives, taking everything from them. I have zero sympathy for Donald Trump. Zero. Our country's history, short of the assassination what? of Abraham Lincoln. It short of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. I love that he skipped right over the other assassinations that took place in American history. Like, uh, Hemant Mehta mentioned that earlier on his website. Just completely ignoring the others. Didn't John F. Kennedy get assassinated? Who else got assassinated? Wasn't Ronald Reagan shot at? Did you not consider that? Maybe that was like persecution, right? Wasn't that kind of scary? What is wrong with this dude? His entire world revolves around Trump. And, and Lincoln is knocking around in there somewhere because he believes Trump is as good as Lincoln. So he throws his name out at every available opportunity. Is, and this is a nation that can't heal, that cannot come together until we understand the truth and the reality of what we have witnessed over the course of the past four years of this man's presidency. I'm not sure what he means. We can't heal until we witness the truth of what's happened over the past four years what do you mean what what does he mean by that i really don't understand it sounds like vague flowery language that's at its core nonsensical that's really what who lou dobbs is though ultimately a nonsensical dude who will say basically anything to get views and clicks and to support his president or ex-president now, I guess. So let's go back to the article uh, by Hemant Mehta and see what else it said. This is a quote from Lou Dobbs from the video we just watched. His legacy will endure. It is the most vile, venomous assault ever conducted against a president in our country's history, short of the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. 
This is Hemet Mehta speaking. Jeffress, of course, agreed completely. These men have very short-term memories. Barack Obama was constantly the victim of right-wing lies and smear campaigns that were never based in fact, often from Dobbs himself. Oh yeah, not to mention, do you guys remember all the scandals that Obama was embroiled in? The tan suit scandal? Do you guys remember the Dijon scandal? He got Dijon mustard on his hot dog, and that was a massive fucking scandal because what kind of a, a man puts Dijon mustard on his hot dog? No man at all. He's a beta. He's not fit to be president because he uses Dijon mustard. I love how those arguments just go right out the fucking window when it comes to Trump. This is Hemet Mehta again. Other presidents have been criticized for the duration of their term because that's part of what the job entails. In Trump's case, however, no other president arguably deserved as much criticism as he got, and he still hasn't paid any kind of serious price for it. You can't work with a man who doesn't understand the job he applied for and who doesn't care about doing it well. Trump used the office to boost his personal brand. We'll be feeling the effects of his vanity campaign for generations to come. Dobbs and Jeffress are too stuck in their bubbles to understand why so many other people have good reason to despise and denounce Trump. If Trump's legacy endures, it'll only be as a cautionary tale. I agree. I don't think his... There's no chance Trump's legacy is going to endure. He's not going to look good at the end of history here. Like, in 50 years, what does Nixon look like? What what does Nixon look like to us? He looks like an idiot and a terrible person. He's most famous for his scandals. Nobody respects Nixon. But would you be surprised to find out that the Moonies cult and many other people at that time did hunger strikes and protests in defense of Richard Nixon? Richard Nixon was very, very loved at the time by the Republicans. And here we are. Nobody likes Nixon. He was a monster and we all know he was. That's going to be Trump in 30, 40 years. It's already almost Trump. A lot of people don't fucking like the guy. But in 40 years, I heard somebody else say this. Maybe the YouTuber Vosh at some point. I'm not sure. Anyways, in 40 years, MAGA stuff is going to be the new Nazi material that, you know, you find in your grandfather's attic and you quietly burn it where nobody can see. Don't tell anybody you found it. Just put it in the fire and and get rid of it because it's disgusting. That's what the MAGA material is going to be in in 30 or 40 years, I believe. And as for this line right here about Trump not paying any kind of serious price for it, that's true. He hasn't. I'd like to see Trump in prison for the crimes that he's committed, for the actual crimes that he's committed. I'd love to see that. But I think that the one thing that hurt him more than anything was being removed from Twitter. He took so much pride in that Twitter account. It ate him up that he lost it. And once again, I'm just sitting here drinking his tears. Let's take a look at Super Chats. An Iron Butterfly. Feed the kitties. I will do that. I will get to that uh, hopefully after the last article we get to, which will be done soon. Zulfner, did you just smoke the Mary Janes? No, I don't smoke weed. I used to a long time ago, but I haven't in a long time. I Like once a year when I'm in a legal state and among friends, sometimes I'll smoke it. But it's only like once a year, once every couple of years. Last time I smoked it was when I went to New York City to see 
the uh, you know to go to Bethel to go to the Bethel compound the Jehovah's Witness compound that was an interesting trip uh, Eastern Flower I want to see Trump on a unicycle that would be an interesting one for sure Sean Murphy <laughs> thanks for the super chat uh, good job you're doing please remind your viewers religious leaders ran governments and were in charge of education it was called the Dark Ages good fucking point it was then the, uh, if I'm correct, I think the Enlightenment came along and people started to realize that maybe religion shouldn't be all up in government all the time, right? And then things got a lot better. Zolfner, Anno Domini, you sexy idiot. That's true. Anno Domini is what it stands for technically, but I could be wrong. I believe that that means after death. Uh, if you want to use the non-Christ-centric ones, you should be using before Common Era and common era bce and ce that's actually what they use in like scholarly articles now jehovah's witnesses use that too interestingly enough looked it up open vision refers to a vision seen like pictures on a screen as opposed to just a feeling interesting did not know that okay so he was saying it was not an open vision it was just a feeling he had a feeling that Trump was on a motorcycle on a spiral mountaintop revving the engine with a bandana on his head and God told him directly that we were going to use BT and AT that was a feeling he got <laughs> this guy is fucking weird Sean Murphy BC means before Christ AD means in Latin Anno Domini, or Year of the Lord, been changed to before Common Era and Common Era, right. Dustin Benz, it's just like the obsession Trump has had with Donald Trump being like the character Rambo. They have no sense of Trump's character. I know, seriously. Why do people, like, relate to Trump so much, like, think he's one of them? He's a billionaire who was born to a billionaire and is judgment-proof when it comes to the economy. He, it, it's literally impossible for Donald Trump to fail because he had so much money from his father. If he were born into the situation that I was born into, he would be a drug addicted dude just sitting on a park bench. That's what he would be. He would be a bald, drug addicted piece of shit that nobody wanted to talk to because he's so fucking toxic to everybody in his life. Lisa for truth. You of Alabama is called Crimson Tide and MAGA hats are red. That's my guess. That's possible. That's a possible connection. That's true. Red Wave, Crimson Tide, uh, that could be. But still, real flimsy connection. Real flimsy connection. Zolfner, Trump is the most influential president in history and got more people to vote than ever, period. It should be concerning he could rule a party. I don't think so. Um, he got more people to vote than ever, but that's because people were voting against him in in many cases and i think if trump formed his own political party um they may pick off six percent of the vote from republicans i believe i could imagine a case in which he picks off 20 to 30 percent of the republican vote but that's fucking high that's real high i do not see that happening that's the upper limit there's no way he gets any higher than that i hope he does create the political party though i would be fascinated to see it i'd love to see him fail miserably with that thanks for the super chat i appreciate it last time i ate weed i fell off a mountain that doesn't sound good uh, i hope you're okay from that dakota brogan hey owen just wanted to say thank you for what you do as a gay guy in texas who has homophobic parents thank you holy shit that cannot be easy 
Well, I'm glad I could help in some way. Good luck. I cannot imagine that that's a fun situation you're in, but having community of people around you who understand and have similar experiences can be helpful. So hit me up on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. Uh, I don't. I can't read this name because it's in uh, characters I don't know how to read. Important secular question with ramifications for the future of our species. Strawberry or chocolate ice cream? Strawberry for sure. I fucking hate chocolate. Chocolate is basically Satan. Strawberry all the way. I love strawberry shit. It's awesome. Zolfner, half the country voted for him and a quarter voted against him. Stop kidding yourself. Um, I don't know about that. Um, you know, Clinton won the popular vote against Trump. So I don't know that like a quarter voted against him. I, I think I'm going to have to disagree with you on that point. I think Biden probably would have still gotten the popular vote anyways, but he may or may not have been able to pull out the spectacular win that he had if it weren't for people voting against Trump. He, he still would have gotten the popular vote more than likely. It's true. Half the country didn't vote, somebody said. That's a good point. Half the country didn't vote. But that's partly because half the country is like children that are like not old enough to vote and stuff. I did vote, though. I voted Biden, for sure. I'm progressive, generally speaking. Even MSNBC said Biden was the meh vote. Zolfner. That's true. Uh, he was at first, but I I think there's a lot of enthusiasm that's built for the guy in the past um, six months. I think a lot of enthusiasm built for Biden after the primaries. I Honestly, I'm enthusiastic to have Biden in there. I, I'm progressive. I was a Bernie fan voted for Bernie. Every primary I've ever voted in was voting for Bernie. But I have a lot of enthusiasm about Biden right now because the things that he's saying that he wants to do and the things that he's done, I am all for. He has talked about Medicare for all, although I don't know, he's been kind of wishy-washy. I want Medicare for all. Um, he's talked about canceling some student debt. I want to see it. He's at the very least taking integrity seriously right now, which may not have been the case if Hillary had come before Biden. He may not have taken integrity as seriously as he is right now, but he is. Integrity and empathy, both. And he's taking COVID-19 seriously, and I cannot complain about that. Timothy John, did you ever hear from Stuckman about doing an interview on the channel? Just curious. Love you, man. Yes, thank you for the super chat. I did. He messaged me on Twitter, and we talked for a little while. He said he had a lot of interviews booked up, but he would be willing to do one with me. Um, I decided to wait a week or two, or whatever, until he's a little bit less busy. I could probably poke him with a cattle prod and get one tomorrow if I wanted, but I don't want to be a dick. You know, I want to give him the space and time he needs, so. Love your show. I am Batman. Well, thank you. I love your show too, Batman. Zelfner, not paying attention, but heck Owen. Wow, the language of this person. Whew. That's intense. Dustin Benz, I am just worried that Biden is going to slowly slip back into corporatism with his current staffing choices. I worry about that too. I agree 100%, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. When Biden does something that is against my ethics or questionable, I'm going to attack him relentlessly for it. Until then, I'm his biggest cheerleader. So far, this is, what, day four of his presidency? I, I can't complain at this immediate moment. Sean Murphy, Real landslide elections for viewers not old enough to remember, 1972, Nixon won 520 to 18. Reagan won 525 to 13 in 84 against Mondale. Yeah, I know. You should see, well, you probably have, but I'm just saying the audience, you guys should see the electoral map. 
it was like Massachusetts was the only one that was blue. And and there's a reason for that, politically speaking. The reason was basically um, there was confusion over the Democrat and the Republican Party. The Democrat Party traditionally was the racist party, and the Republican Party was the, the, the ones that freed the slaves. But there was a political shift in Nixon's era that made it so that uh, basically Nixon was running with the liberal party, but he was super, super conservative. He was a conservative monster. So nobody really knew who to vote for. The liberals were voting red because that's who they'd always voted for. And the conservatives were voting for Nixon because they he dog whistled to them enough. So everybody voted red, even though that was the wrong choice. Nixon was a monster. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.